I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 415. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week's song was a recommendation by my oldest daughter. She went on a New Year's retreat with Young Life College, and Taylor Linhart was one of the musicians sharing her talents. And Taylor's from Nashville, so for those of you out there just longing for more of a country sound to be added to the mix of more than a song, this is your week. And we're going to be using Taylor Linhart's song, Poetry, to dive into scripture this week. But before we get into it, let's listen. As always on the podcast, the song is only the launching point to get me to a place in most often one of the 66 books of the Bible. I say most often one. Sometimes we go to several places, but I generally like to keep you in one place with bigger chunks of scripture where you can really sink your teeth in. But once I'm there, I leave the song behind or at least in the back burner because my goal is the truth of scripture as inspired by the song and hopefully the truth of scripture inspired the song in the first place. And the phrase that caught my attention in the chorus of this week's song was he said that I am his poetry which also happened to be reflected in the title of the song, Poetry. So while it there isn't a verse that says we are his poetry, I know where Taylor's getting this from. It's from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 that reads, we are his workmanship. And I know the word workmanship is the Greek word poema, and it's the same word that we get the English word poem from. So what is my process? Well, I hear a song, a phrase or a word catches my attention, and then I head over to scripture. And then what is my next task? To try to make sense of the song by the scriptures I study? No, (laughs) to actually read the text of the scripture. So my desire for you is to read the text for yourself. I want you to know what it actually says because the music we listen to is a piece of art. Okay, so just like an artist's rendition of, let's say, the Rocky Mountains might reflect the majesty of the Rockies. It cannot, nor is it intended, to reflect the whole of God's majesty on earth or even in the known universe. 
it's just a snapshot. And even within that snapshot, let's say if it's a photograph, it's literally a snapshot, a picture of exactly what the Rockies look like from that perspective on that day with that lighting and that filter or no filter needed. I mean, come on, really, it's the Rockies. <laughs> but let's say it's a painting. Uh, there could be some key features that would help you identify that the painting is of the Rocky Mountains. But then the artist could change the colors, for example, or add something to the foreground that either couldn't be seen or that wouldn't have been seen in a snapshot, like a an eagle flying or a um, an elk in the foreground or something like that, or combine it with other elements, um, like wildlife or unique clouds or something like that. I've even seen art representing multiple seasons in one painting, which could obviously not be possible in a photograph, right? So the artist was inspired by the creation of God and yet interpreted his worship in a way that reflected the original, but wasn't an exact replica. And music is the same. You know, sometimes we can add a song to our playlist that is almost like a photo snapshot of scripture. Whole phrases, word for word, are reflected in the song. They are so beautiful because the scripture is so beautiful. And then we can use them to rehearse the very words of scripture. I find those to be the most powerful ones in our playlist. But other times we're going to engage with a song that's more like a painting. You know, it's a reflection of many things found in scripture, but in one beautiful piece of art that ties it all together in a new way. Always encourage you to be discerning in your music because here's what happens. We take the music into our souls and we tend to give it higher priority or at least higher familiarity than the holy text it was inspired by. You know, sometimes artists will change the colors a bit either because maybe they don't fully understand scripture or because they're using some artistic license. And I don't always think this is an awful thing, but not the under, not understanding scripture, but just use it, doing an artful uh, uh, tying together. I don't think that's bad, but it can be if you're using Christian music to define all that you know about God and his word. So it's just a piece. Um, it's, it's a piece of art that we use and we can utilize in our walk with the Lord. And my suggestion to you is that we can harness the power of the music to tie it to things that we study so that when we hear the song, we remember what we've studied. And I think that's where the power really is. So let me be a little bit more concrete. Okay, the overall message of our inspiration song this week is that good things take time and so we'll wait on the Lord, which by the way, was a theme out of last week's scripture, right? I wait for the alone on the Lord. And I think that's so sweet. So anyway, but because there are definitely some Bad things we must wrestle with, things like heartbreak and our past mistakes and wounds and the overall lack of direction. The uh, Taylor's declaration is that she will wait on the Lord, but not with her head held low, not not bowed over because of all the tough things, but head held high because his banner is over us and we are his poetry and we are called his friend and he heals wounds and we're not too far gone and we're like clay in the potter's hands and he knows what we'll become. All of these things are reflected in scripture, not from one place, but all over scripture, leading her to the theme that she can endure and wait with her head held high because of all that God is and does and will do. So, so good and beautifully sung and and made all the richer by diving into God's word. So let's do that. So we're going to dive deeply into the scripture that inspired one phrase. Just know that the next time you sing that phrase, you will be drawing from a deeper well, and then you'll use the song to remember what you've studied rather than taking small sips of truth that someone else has uncovered and turned into art. 
And so this is your own way of diving in deep. So Ephesians 2.10 is where I headed first. Um, I already read that. But then I took the bite of reading in context. So I had my starting point, And now it's time to read the text around that one verse. Trust me, you will be so glad you did. Uh, BITE, B-I-T-E, by the way, is Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. Reading in context is my favorite. In general, I say it's the chapter before, the chapter, and the chapter after. So if you've got like one verse or one section of verses, that'll give you the context. But I read all of Ephesians. First of all, because it's a letter. I mean, who ponders a paragraph out of the middle of a letter without reading the whole thing first? Next, I read it all because I want you to read it all. You have no idea how you inspire me to keep really good habits. I mean, maybe I should start a podcast on what I'm eating. Then maybe I'll eat better because I know you'll be listening and hopefully doing what what I'm doing. I don't know. But seriously, I have remained really committed in my own practices to do the things I'm asking you to do. I think sometimes as teachers, we sometimes rely too heavily on our experience and have like a a do as I say, not as I do kind of take on things. I don't want to be like that. My life is richer because of my commitment to the process in order to share the process. So as always, anything I tell you to do, I've done this week and I'm inviting you along um, to do the same and hopefully see what I see and maybe even greater things that I haven't seen or haven't talked about. So the next thing I did was to try to gain better insight as to the historical context of Ephesians. That's another bite. The best place to start for this is your study Bible if you have one, or I highly recommend the Bible Project videos. I watched the one on Ephesians again. I've seen it before. It was such a great overview and introduction to the whole book. I read the introduction to um, several of my study Bibles. Yes, I have a Bible problem. (laughs) It's just that all these different study Bibles have different focuses and I love them all. I mean, I have one on leadership and one on apologetics and several life application Bibles. But if you only have one or if you only have room in your budget for one, which not everybody's going to be crazy like me about buying all these Bibles, but I recommend the ESV study Bible. I'll go ahead and link to that and that video in the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 415. You can find it there. Now, as a bit of a recap, here's what I learned. The people of Ephesus are more like us than we know. (laughs) I know it's an ancient city, but uh, Ephesus was the fifth largest city in the Roman Empire at the time. It was a place of commerce and culture. It was heavily influenced by Greek thought. And the Greeks thought quite highly of themselves (laughs) and their way of thinking. And so, in fact, they, they thought themselves quite sophisticated. And the city enjoyed commerce and wealth and libraries and large government buildings and immorality. I think this kind of sounds like the culture I live in. I mean, I live in the U.S. in 2022. I realize I have a few listeners from around the world, but in my country, we think very highly of our thinking. We think ourselves quite sophisticated and we enjoy commerce and wealth and libraries and universities and massive governmental influence. And we are inundated with immorality, despite how great we think we are. In fact, these days, I'm pretty sure we can't properly identify immorality because of our high thinking. We no longer subscribe to a standard of truth that would define that for us. And so we spiral even further, calling evil good and good evil. But as believers, we're not like that. So we're going to be redefining our thinking by the standard of truth, of God's truth. The other thing that came out of getting my background information on Ephesians is that I ran across a key cross-reference. And that's another bite, follow the cross-reference. 
Now, I recently heard a speaker say that we can get a little carried away with this, and this practice can often distract us more than help us. I totally receive that. My theory is that you can't go wrong if you follow the cross-reference and then read in context. Remember the chapter before, the chapter, and the chapter after, because ultimately you're just taking in more of Scripture. But I can heed the exhortation to be careful in that it can lead to distraction. But in this case, the cross-reference led me to Acts chapter 19 and 20 because they detail Paul's time in Ephesus. So you've got the author of uh, the letter to the church that, and you can learn more about his interactions with the people and what happened to him there and in the background and all of that. You get to see what kind of shenanigans that were going on at the beginning of this church. Uh, You see that Uh, Scholars believe that this letter was written much later while Paul was in prison in Rome, but you get deeper glimpses into the city and the culture without even having to read the introductory notes um, that we just talked about in the introduction in our study Bibles. So even if all you have is the text of scripture, you can learn a lot by reading the letter and also going back and reading Acts chapter 19 and 20. All right, now I have a good grasp of the overall letter. I have a better grasp of Paul's history with the church at Ephesus and the culture that the church uh, lived in. But I want to do a deeper dive into Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. That's the immediate context of our featured verse. So let's read that together. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, it was at this point that I took out my pencil and began to mark up my Bible. And that's another bite, by the way, mark up the text. And for those of you who don't really want to do that in your everyday Bible, I encourage you to print out a copy of the text or invest in a journaling Bible or a scripture journal that's intended to be written in and give space for that. But really, let me nudge you. Mark it up. Use a pencil if you're scared, but it's okay to mark up your Bible and interact with the text. So when I did that, I clearly saw a contrast as I was reading it. I clearly saw a contrast between me and God. And so what I wanted to do was really highlight that. And so I circled every reference to you, we, and us. And then I put a triangle over every reference to God, including when it says he or his. So if it says God or he or his, and it's referring to God, I did that. I put a cross over references to Christ. And if it had the word in front of it, like in Christ, I underlined the word in and kind of joined it up to the bottom of the cross. So it kind of looked like a a trail leading to the cross. And um, so that's how I marked up my text. If I translate all of those markings to a notebook into categories, what am I doing? I'm making a list. And that's another bite make a list. And so all of these are observations of of us or me and God. And so I'm going to make them into different categorical lists. How are we described? 
Well, there's a definite like before Christ and after Christ description. So I'm going to make a list of BC descriptions, before Christ descriptions. I, I call it BC. And after Christ descriptions. So before Christ, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We walked in trespasses and sins. We followed the course of the world. We followed the prince of the power of the air. We followed the spirit that is still at work in sinners. We lived among the sons of disobedience, which is the sinners. We lived in the passions of our flesh. We carried out the desires of our bodies and unregenerated minds. And by nature, we were children of wrath. We had a sin nature. So these are all the qualities of what we were before Christ. And then the two most powerful words I know, (laughs) but God, but God. So we're going to look at our, our, our next list. We're going to learn, uh, what did we learn about God? We marked it all up. So go look for your triangle marks. What do we learn about him? He is rich in mercy. He has great love for us. He made us alive together with Christ. He saved us by grace. He raised us up with Christ. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. He shows the immeasurable riches of his grace to us. He shows that he shows that grace in kindness. He gave us the gift of salvation and he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. I just need to stop here to say, how rich are these 10 verses? You know, why would we not take the bite of meditation? Why do we read past these words and just and and not ponder the glorious gospel message contained in these words? The good, good news. This is why we want to slow down and interact with the text and really think about what it's saying because it's so rich. All right, so we've seen what we were, and we've meditated on what God has done. So what describes us now that we are in Christ? Well, we are loved. We are made alive in Christ. Now, remember, we were dead. This is an amazing miracle. We have been raised from the dead to newness of life. We are saved. We are raised up to life again, but not just that. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are seated I don't know if you feel like you don't have a seat at the table wherever you are. Or perhaps you've been uninvited to a table that you wanted to be seated at, completely rejected. Or maybe you're hanging out in the wings waiting for an invitation to a seat at the table. But no matter all of that, in the kingdom of God, you were already seated. Maybe those other seats will fade a bit for you in light of this truth. Really, really think about the fact that we, in, in, in Christ at this moment, if you are in Christ, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. All right, we are shown the immeasurable riches of God's grace and kindness. We are saved by grace through faith. We can't boast about it because because the grace and the faith to believe are both gifts from God. We are his workmanship, his poema. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we walk in those good works that God has already prepared and mapped out for us to walk in. That's a lot. There are many bullet points on my list. If you took a day to meditate on each point where you would just think about that one thing for the day, you could ponder the truths from these 10 verses for 29 days. And you may have other things to add to the list. These these are my observations. There are definitely more. So do you see what I mean? Do you see how full and deep God's word is? And we're tempted to stay in the shallows by putting a few songs on repeat, but never digging into the depths of the truth of God's holy text. And that's nothing to say, considering each thing on our list in light of the whole letter to uh, to the Ephesians from Paul. So we just took out 10 verses. Read that in light of the whole. Oh, we've only scratched the surface. And, and that is inspired by our song, like we headed to verse 10 where we learned we are God's workmanship. 
Our creative, glorious God made us for a purpose. It's really no wonder that our English word takes that Greek word poema as its foundation to describe a work of art. Poema in this context in the scripture doesn't mean poem at all. It literally means that which is made. Uh, But what is our rebirth, our remaking? What is it supposed to be marked by? Well, good works, which God planned ahead of time that we should walk in them. So walk, as we consider in light of the whole of this, this small section of scripture, in light of the whole of the chap of the, the letter, we see that that word walk comes up so many times in this letter. Paul was very concerned about our walk, our way of thinking and living. Our new life in Christ should lead to a new life, a new direction, a new set of desires, a new nature, basically the opposite of everything we were before Christ. And as we ponder the amazing transformation we've been given in Christ, as we sing along with our song, let it remind us that because we are the handiwork of God, his workmanship, his masterpiece, his poema, let us walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. So what's next? We'll dig into God's word this week. I want you to read all of Ephesians. It's only six chapters. You got this. Consult an overview and some background information about the time and culture in which this letter was written. Meditate on Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Mark up your Bible as you make observations about our lives before Christ, the work of God, and our lives after Christ. Don't forget, we are his workmanship for a purpose, walking in the good works God prepared in advance for us to do. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat or michellelkneezat is my uh, public page on Facebook. So, and I really want to talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out all the other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. Now, I would be honored if you subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneesout.com as well, then I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes with all of the scriptures I use, links to the resources I use in my personal study and all of that. It'll be conveniently in your inbox on Monday morning. Now, my featured free resource for email subscribers this week is an archive of my interactive worksheets that I've created for various podcasts over the years. You can find them all in one place in the archive I've created, and you will gain exclusive access to that archive when you subscribe to my email list at michellekneesat.com. Now, with that in mind, I want to thank my new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Cynthia from Texas and Wanda from South Carolina, Rondalyn from Texas, Pam from Arkansas, Carmen from Michigan, Elizabeth from Louisiana, and Anna from Texas. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stritcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And you can leave a review by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using The Commission by Kane. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 415. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.